From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Well, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A hearty how-do to all of you who are catching us on one of our affiliate stations across North America. And let's welcome our new affiliate, WETR AMFM in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's 760 AM and 92.3 FM. They're joining us or coming aboard January the 7th, actually. I believe they will uh, carry this program Sunday nights from 9 to 11 PM. Hello to all of you who uh, listen to this transmission via the podcast. Those of you who subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, you can also stream it or download it at TalkZone.com. Don't forget, of course, the uh, the new podcast, three times a week, Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. iTunes, Stitcher. You can also subscribe at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Please share it and review it. Those of you who watch this radio program on our YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Please hit the sub button. We're trying to get to 10,000 at some point. I think we're around 6,500. So you can help us uh, inch forward to that 10,000 mark. And all of you, who, of course, who join us in the uh, the live chat on the, uh, the YouTube channel, you're so supportive and loyal, and we appreciate your joining in every week without fail. So wherever and however you're listening, I bid you the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. I guess we're going to sort of continue on in um, this theme that we started in our first hour with uh, Thomas Horn talking about occultism in Washington. And uh, we're going to explore whether the global elite uh, possessed and under the control of a Luciferian cult is desperately trying to install the reign of the Antichrist. As I mentioned, I truly believe this is at the heart of all conspiracies, really at the heart of all we talk about on this program. It is the unseen realm, the spirit realm, that we're really talking about. Michael Fries is the author of They Bore the Wounds of Christ, The Mystery of the Sacred Stigmata. And um, his various national television shows include The Phil Donahue Show, The Lisa Show, The History Channel, numerous appearances on Mother Angelica Live. Uh, they Bore the Wounds of Christ, The Mystery of the, sac- uh, the Sacred Stigmata was a bestseller for Our Sunday Visitor and has received many nationally acclaimed positive critical reviews. His books, The Complete Guide to Demonology and the Spirits of Darkness, available at Amazon, as is Demon the Devil and the Spirits of Darkness, Evil Spirits, Spiritual Warfare. Michael Fries, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Great, how are you? Great, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tell me about uh, the Order of Exorcists. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I um, am not a priest. I'm a lay Franciscan, hence the uh, SFO after my name, you may see. That stands for Secular Franciscan Order. And I've done a lot of research on uh, various things with the Church, the Catholic Church, mostly in the mystical theology kind of realm, you know, things like supernatural phenomena, unexplained events, miracles, that kind of a thing. I did a lot of work on the sacred stigmata, and that's kind of where my uh, interest and study lies. And demonology just kind of came along with a lot of that, because when I started writing about the stigmata, of course I was uh, doing a lot of research on Padre Pio, the stigmatist from uh, San Giovanni Ritondo in Italy, and of course now a saint. And he had a lot of battles with the evil spirit and uh, the demons, 
And I did a lot of research on that and talked to some people that knew him very well when he was alive. And they explained in depth a lot of the battles he went through. And so that just kind of fascinated me. And I think that's where I really began studying that from that point on many years ago. I seem to recall the Catholic Church declaring that they need more exorcists. What's going on? Actually, there's been a lot of uh, TV specials on that, too, and even on YouTube. I've noticed I've watched a number of documentaries on that very topic, and, and you know, they quote anywhere from several hundred to about 500 uh, appointed exorcists around the world in the church right now. So there are a lot more of them than people realize, but it's still not, there's really not a, a lot overall, though, in, in, compared to all the dioceses in, in, in the world. But... Uh, the whole thought on this is that there seems to be a more active presence of the evil spirit working in uh, the world throughout humanity these days, and especially with the rise and increase in the occult, uh, people engaged with uh, dabbling with witchcraft and uh, sorcery, magic, spells, things like the Ouija board. Uh, Satan, well, Satanism in, in its many forms, and uh, there does seem to be a, a need for uh, for more people that are qualified to handle this kind of uh, eerie topic, this uh, phenomena that's going on. Uh, it hasn't really been talked about too greatly in the Catholic uh, field because they're, they're kind of quiet about that. They really don't like talking about. Possession and yeah, they seem embarrassed by the topic. They seem embarrassed so many by the topic. Who claim everything is caused by the devil. A lot of times, that's not the case. So they don't want to make a big uh, a situation out of something that may not be real. But nevertheless, the church does acknowledge acknowledge it's real, and they do seem to be acknowledging that there's more need for for exorcists in the world today. Um, they could be dealing with the, the simple deliverance prayer. Or it might be an official or solemn exorcism, if need be, and, and appointed by a bishop in a particular diocese. I think it was Pope Paul the, uh, I, I think it was Pope John Paul II, or was it Pope Paul VI? Uh, I don't remember which one, but one of them had said that uh, one of the things in the world today we're battling with is the presence of evil in our world. And he's very real, uh, unlike a lot of people who uh, brush it off lightly. And uh, one of his greatest tools is to try to make people think he doesn't exist so they can operate in the world unaware, disguised, kind of like what we hear in the uh, New Testament, where St. Paul said that the uh, devil often disguises himself as an angel of light to deceive many. And uh, so even uh, the Pope has uh, acknowledged uh, his presence is more active now, and we have to really realize that. It's a reality that we have to deal with. As a layperson, um, Michael, do you mm-hmm. play any part in the rite of exorcism? Pardon me on that one. As a layperson, are you? Uh, what is your involvement in the rite of exorcism? Uh, I've never been involved uh, personally in any uh, uh, formal or uh, exorcisms, as far as being a witness or an assistant. Although they do hire people that. Uh, that are in many cases, especially if they're uh, doctors or psychologists, uh, things of that nature, nature, or maybe a second priest might be there to assist when they're training them to uh, to learn uh, 
learn uh, all the ropes about that. But uh, for me, it's just been a matter of study and uh, talking to people who have been involved with this phenomena uh, in person. So I've never actually been involved with any exorcism kind of uh, situations myself. Uh what do you make of the, um, it seems to be, the, um, I, I'll call it the world tour of this Arch of Baal uh, that is going around? They are um, uh, recreating this this arch that was dedicated to the uh, the demon god Baal. Uh, there was an opening, uh, there was a ceremony in New York. There was one in London. I believe there was one in Paris. Uh, what does that portend, do you think? You know, I've heard about that, and I'm not too... Uh familiar with all the details, but I just, uh, you know, it's scary. Again, it's, it's, it's another realization that, and a recognition that uh, these things are going on, and, and there is something uh, um, evil behind it. It's not, I, I really think that the uh, devil is operating in, in a lot of these uh, cults and movements, I guess you would call it, that are occurring today. Uh, and, uh, you know, like a lot of people... Uh, would say, well, how do you know it's not just a, it's just another cult or a fad? Well, it may be, but even with the Illuminati, for instance, uh, there seems to be a resurgence in interest in that and membership membership of uh, people in the Illuminati. Well, this goes on and on and on, though. It's not just that. And I think that it's just an awareness that the uh, evil spirit is acting behind the scenes, getting people engaged in this, to, de- to detract people from from the humble uh, lifestyle and the faith that they were supposed to be living through Jesus Christ. Now, uh, again, specifics on any particular phenomena or movement, I don't think that there's any one. I think it's a whole series, a combination of movements that are occurring simultaneously that makes one think that there is a momentum, an increase in... Uh, the active presence of evil. Well, you, you, if you look at the the television schedule, for example, right, um, so many television programs and so many movies, motion pictures that are being released now are sort of dedicated to this theme of the paranormal, the occult, demonology, vampires, and so forth. What do you think is at work here? You know, I, I, again, same thing. I think that there's something behind that, that uh, there's an evil... Uh, Influence It may be subtle, but it is reaching the masses. And, of course, the devil would operate within the arena of how he can reach people at any given particular era or generation. And our generation, of course, is radio, television, the Internet, any kind of communicative work. Uh, that seems to be the, the ticket there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it all kind of seemed to really stem with uh, the popularity of the uh, movie The Exorcist. And then, then it kind of uh, blossomed into other films that really ignited this interest in people, such as the Amityville Horror. I'm sure you're familiar with that movie, too. Oh, yes. Yes, and that's scary, too. The Exorcist was probably the scariest movie I've ever seen, but very realistic, based on a true story, by the way. Same, with, supposedly, with the Amityville Horror. But then you, then you have sequels. Yeah, you've had, like, three Exorcist movies and, like, three or four Amityville movies and then you start getting into other movies like Halloween and then you get into that kind of a series there's kind of an evil an evil uh, presence uh, underlying those themes 
And, uh, you know, I can go on and on and on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, whatever. And, yes, I think there's a, a real prevalence in that, and it's very easy to see what's popular, what's selling in terms of the book publishing world, television shows, videos, documentaries, and so forth. All right, Michael, Again, I'll take I a... I don't think it's just an accident, because uh, decades ago, we might have had a few scary shows, scary books, but... Uh, Things didn't focus that much. No, not like on today, the Michael. Side of humanity. I'll take you now. We got to move into, into it. into it. Absolutely, we'll take a, take a quick time. I'll come back. Michael Fries, SFO, from the Order of Exorcists, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Michael Fries is uh, with us. He is a, a lay member of the Franciscan Order, and we are talking about demonology. The author of, uh, I think it's about eight books, including They Bore the Wounds of Christ, The Mystery of the Sacred Stigmata, also The Complete Guide to Demonology and the Spirits of Darkness, and Demonology, the Devil and the Spirits of Darkness. Uh, Michael, how can we tell? How can one tell if someone was being oppressed, possessed by a demon versus... Some kind of mental disorder. Hi, Richard. Are you, can you hear me? I can. Yeah, you were saying about eight books. You know, I've actually just real quickly. Uh, I have a twelve book, uh, twelve, I've twelve got, volume series on demonology. I've got an old bio, bio, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, I've had a, I've had a lot more works over the years published, uh, all available through Amazon. But they were all reviewed and uh, given the imprimatur of our by a former bishop uh, of Helena, Montana, on the diocese of Helena. So they've been reviewed and approved for uh, being worthy of the faithful to read. And then I've also written a book that uh, uh, on the uh, Roman ritual, the ritual Romanum. Yes. The, the right of uh, the Roman ritual uh, according to more contemporary uh, uh, times and some of the revisions they've had. So I, I've done a, quite a bit of uh, work, but you were, you were indicating uh, how do we know if something is... Uh, truly uh, coming from an origin that is evil versus uh, something that may just be psychologically induced? Is that yes. what you were getting at? Yes, 100%, yes. Um, well, basically, that's <laughs> that's a difficult question, but I guess to say to say briefly, the, the Catholic Church has always, been, ha, has always had a very thorough, stringent uh, exploration into a reported case of possession or any kind of diabolical influence in the life of a person that's being brought before them. They do investigate the uh, person um, that is uh, suspected. They always have uh, a psychologist and a psychiatrist thoroughly examine them, you know, medical doctors, to try to rule out any possible human explanation. And they do tests to see if there's something behind these uh, reported cases that could explain them from natural means, such as uh, the psychological illnesses, schizophrenia, uh, any kind of psychosis like that. Um, and a lot of people that um, who appear like antisocial, maybe sociopaths, that tend to not be, uh, um, you know, they don't have any normal human reactions or they act very violently. Sometimes they swear and yell and cuss and get physically strong and aggressive towards people. Uh, they, they check into this to see if that could be explained. And oftentimes, matter of fact, more than half the times, 
they do find an explanation that is psychologically based, if not physiologically based, to rule out the possibility that it's a true demonic uh, infestation, oppression, or possession. But if they do pass those tests, there are a lot of signs they look for that further would explain whether they believe uh, that there's some diabolical influence going on. And I can explain them in a bit if you want me to. Yes, please. Let's go into that. Well, uh, if you rule out the psychosomatic kind of illnesses, um, then they also look for other telltale signs to see if somebody is actually under the influence of the devil. And first, it usually is a case of starting out with just a diabolical influence or infiltration into the person. They might be obsessed and get involved by opening up a door, such as playing with the Ouija board, being involved with seances, the occult, trying to uh, get involved with uh, calling upon spirits, uh, those kinds of things. And if they do and they they adhere to uh, kind of... uh, Symptoms that indicate they're really uh, fascinated and obsessed with this darker side of reality, the spiritual side. Then they also look for other signs such as, does the person who appears to be under the influence of the evil one, do they, can they speak in a foreign language they've never been able to speak before in their life? Right, right. Somebody may blurt out something in ancient Aramaic or Hebrew or Greek, um, and they've never learned that language before. But yet, there's another thing that they have when they investigate, is they have linguists who are specialized in these ancient religions to be able to recognize what they're saying. And then that's one. The other thing would be superhuman strength. Um, Are they able to lift things, throw things, um, in ways that we normally can't manifest as humans, like ten times stronger than normal? Um, the repulsion and violence towards any religious object or anything uh, spoken religiously, prayers, if you see a crucifix on the wall, statues, images of anything religious, there's usually a real violent reaction. Having them near or in a church, violent reaction. Another thing is use, the use of blessed holy water. If it's, if it's brought out and sprinkled on them, everybody has seen this in the movies, I'm sure, but they do react violently, and sometimes their skin welts. It actually burns when this water is sprinkled on them versus tap water, which the victim would not know whether it's blessed or not. Correct. Um, things like that, and then being able to read the person's mind in ways that only that person would know about things and nobody else. They can read their inner hearts and souls. They can blurt out sins that any given person had somewhere during their past life or current life that nobody really knew about, and they can tell in remarkable detail everything about that sin. And it just uh, it, it's just overwhelming. There's no way to explain it uh, in a sort of a natural means. Those are some of the stench, foul stench and odors in a room. Variations in temperature, we've all heard this too. Those things are also checked and investigated um, during uh, during this whole process, and so um, there's many more. But those are some of the uh, the most important things they look for if they rule out the psychological uh, issues. How about and levitation? Then, of course, they, How about levitation? Levitation is another one. 
Yes, uh, many uh, who are possessed, not all, but many who are possessed have been known to levitate off the floor uh, in the presence of a priest uh, or even just in a family home, just to scare. They, they love to scare people and get them all raveled up uh, because it kind of... Uh, it sort of shakes up their faith when they're we're in this when they're in this evil presence. So they they thrive on fear, fearing, uh, uh, scaring people. But levitating off the floor, uh, climbing on walls, climbing on ceilings, if they're strapped down, that human human strength of um, being able to bust uh, ropes or uh, whatever they have that's binding them down, uh, and then levitating maybe off the bed. Uh, again, the exorcist very realistically portrayed some cases where beds literally shake and the whole bed raises up off the ground when an exorcism is being uh, performed. Uh, poltergeist activity is another one. Items will get thrown around the room. Uh, doors will open and slam. So will the drawers. Um, sometimes dangerously so. Items will be thrown and smashed against the wall aiming at a priest or any participant at an exorcist. So it's a very dangerous mission that you don't want to dabble with unless you really have experience and, according to the Catholic Church, have the authority of a local bishop, which kind of embodies part of the collective unit of the authority of the Church under Jesus Christ to go through with this. If you just try to do this on your own, it can be very dangerous because the devil uh, has been around forever. I mean, you cannot outsmart the devil. Uh, if you suspect uh, yourself or a loved one is under the influence of a demon. What is the process? How do you get help? And what if you're not a Catholic? Well, the Catholic Church does acknowledge that uh, non-Catholics do have issues with possession, uh, diabolical influence, obsession, and they don't per se acknowledge... uh, any authority that uh, that's in another church, because obviously they have their own beliefs about that, but they do acknowledge it happens in other religions, and that so that's sort of a, a Catholic thing on that that authority of the church, which was came from the apostolic succession um, of the apostles, but uh, through of course Jesus Christ. But as far as what do they do, they well right now. Every diocese is supposed to be a point, have a have a, a, a an official exorcist pointed in the United States and Europe everywhere. They don't have them everywhere yet, but they're getting close. So in most dioceses, even in the United States or Canada, um, there there is probably an uh, an assigned exorcist that's had some training, and he usually has to go to Rome to take special courses and classes on this and then assist at some exorcisms to uh, gain that uh, first-hand experience. There's usually one somewhere that a bishop has appointed in each diocese, but they don't advertise it because, again, it's not something that's that they say is real common. It's kind of a rare thing when they get to the point of, of uh, authorizing a solemn or formal exorcism. So if you suspect you have a family member, or if it's you personally, are you going to have to really persist and persuade them, this is real, I'm not kidding around, I really need some help, because are they going to perhaps, I don't want to use the word obfuscate here, but are they going to sort of, because they are, it seems like they're a little bit 
shy about acknowledging this? Are they going to maybe throw up some obstacles initially? Well, you know, there is the issue of uh, it's an embarrassing thing for somebody to come out and say, I've got a demon in my house, or a demon's influencing me personally, or my, my, my child. Um, it's embarrassing because uh, people think you're nuts. Or it may not be true. There might be some psychological thing behind it. It might be something wrong with the electrical wiring in your home or whatever. It could be a prank being played on somebody. So people are uh, reluctant to say anything, but if they if they do feel it's sincere, uh, the, the church does allow people to uh, practice what you call simple simple exorcisms, which are kind of like deliverance ministries in non-Catholic kind of terminology. It's a deliverance ministry with deliverance prayers that one can say um, around their home uh, with, a, with a cross or a crucifix in their hand, praying to God, praying to Jesus for protection, and for the person or the home, because demons have been known to infest homes and animals as well as people. Um, they, have a, they have something about... Uh, liking a location, something about a location that they're really attached to. So you can uh, perform simple deliverance ministry or prayers. But if, it, if, if it's simple and, it's, and a person isn't too far under the, say, possession or influence of a devil or a demon, uh, that usually will keep, keep the evil force out of the picture. A lot of times a priest will be called in to come in and bless a home. You've heard that many times. He'll come in, say a few simple prayers, have his crucifix, go around and bless all the rooms, and a lot of times that solves it. Uh, Again, it might just be a case of just a slight infiltration, but if it really gets down to a real obsession or possession, that's not going to work. It's just going to provoke and anger the evil spirit, and then you can be in danger if you don't act, if you don't act out and ask for the assistance of a local priest who uh, has more authority with dealing with the uh, evil spirit as a representative of the universal church, than you do just going around saying simple prayers. So, but one usually can tell if, one, if a home or a person is being provoked to the point where these simple prayers aren't working. And then you do need the assistance of uh, those in authority that can help. We are heading into a break, but let me ask you this, and we can continue the conversation once we hear sure. the music coming up and we head into a break, and there it is now. But let me ask you, and for the other side, and that is, who gets targeted? Who is more likely uh, to be the target of a demonic uh, possession? Uh, we'll uh, address that on the other side. Michael Fries a layperson with the Franciscan Order, the author of uh, over a dozen books, including The Complete Guide to Demonology and the Spirits of Darkness. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Michael Fries is with us. His website demonologysite.wordpress.com Is that the best site, Michael? You know, actually, um, that's varied, but I think the best uh, place to maybe get me would be to go on Amazon.com and just search for my name, Michael Space Freeze, F-R-E-Z-E, with one E in the middle. 
um, and you could just type uh, demonology, for instance, right after that, and there should be a whole list of uh, my works that come up. Uh, everything's there collectively that way. And, yes, and there there are a lot of works, over a dozen. Uh, I wanted to ask you whether you're familiar with... Um, um, this was a, a board-certified psychiatrist. This was a guy that uh, was a graduate of Princeton University. He trained in psychiatry at Yale. Uh, Dr. Richard Gallagher, he wrote in... It's a Catholic publication, uh, New Oxford Review, about what he described as a genuine case of demonic possession. Dr. Richard Gallagher, are you familiar with his case? I'm familiar with him, his name, but I haven't studied his case. No, I have not. It, it, I, I tell you, I... Um, I went down to Yonkers, New York, or uh-huh. near Yonkers, and um, at, at a seminary there, and I visited with him and interviewed him for a television show. And uh, he described this case that he was involved with, and later he put me in touch with a priest from uh, New York City who participated in the exorcism of this particular individual, a patient of Dr. Gallagher's. Uh-huh. I have never been more frightened in my life, uh, because here I had this man of science... Uh, talking to me in great detail about what he described as a genuine case of demonic possession. He had no other explanation after treating this young, this woman. Um, uh-huh. and the things that he described, how he, Dr. Gallagher, would be in a private con- telephone conversation with this priest, and all of a sudden, this patient her voice would come on the on the line, on the telephone line, and start talking in a very demonic voice. Through his voice? Uh, no, her voice, but uh-huh. she would just all of a sudden appear into the telephone conversation. Oh. And uh, she knew things about uh, th- their their personal history that nobody would have known. Right. Uh, it, it was a- absolutely chilling. And when I, I reached out to this priest um, for a telephone interview for the television show, and, and um, he cautioned me that, you know, if we're going to talk about these things, uh, we're opening ourselves up to a possible possession, he then proceeded to, to, to say a prayer over us. Do you believe that if you, let's say, for example, you, we're talking about this right now on the radio, are we opening ourselves up to a possession? Are we inviting a possible uh, possession? Well, in cases like if you're, um, if you're dealing with somebody that is around, uh, directly involved with a possible demonic obsession or possession, Yes, it can be dangerous because the the evil one knows what's going on, and he's going to react violently. He, it's a challenge. He does not want to be expelled. So you will find a reaction, a negative reaction. Sometimes it's not just scary. That's one of his tax, tactics is to scare people away. But he doesn't want to go through an exorcism. But, um, yeah, that, that's opening yourself up to the possibility of, of dragging yourself into being attacked too, even if you weren't the original target. You were asking me earlier, uh, before the break, uh, what kinds of people are most likely to um, maybe uh, be attra- or have the uh, evil one attracted to yes, them. Yes, yes, thank you. And I was trying to think about that, and I came up with a few uh, points that I think are important. Um, I don't see the, the average... Uh, sort of middle ground person that's a religious person, whether they're Catholic, Jewish, uh, Protestant, whatever. You don't hear about cases of that occurring too often. Usually you hear it on the other extreme ends. It's usually either children or teenagers, uh, 
who are not fully formed or shaped in their thoughts and their faith and their maturity yet. So they're easy, easily influenced and vulnerable to uh, evil uh, uh, influences. Uh, they can be attacked and taken over, and that's why you even see movies about that and hear of and, and hear uh, different articles and documentaries on that. A lot of times, it's young people. On the other extreme, if somebody is um, not religious at all, they they're either proclaimed atheists or they just never have really gone to church or prayed much, or they've never been baptized, which is a, which is a type of uh, simple exorcism, by the way. It's not a formal solemn exorcism, but baptism as a sacrament of the Catholic Church is a type of, of a simple exorcism because you are inviting the Holy Spirit into your life and, and, and gaining that presence in your soul that is a protection from the evil one. Um, so those type of people that have never done that, have never been religious, the evil one uh, often gets into their lives very easily because he doesn't want to be uh, recognized. Like I was saying earlier, uh, in um, St. Paul's letter, he said that the devil likes to go around disguised as an as a, um, angel in light to deceive many. That's how he does his best work. Uh, and you can account all kinds of people of this. Our mass murderer is influenced by the evil one. Our child molester is influenced by the evil one. How about dope addicts, drug addicts? A uh, possibility. Um, and he also goes after people that are in vulnerable emotional crises. People that are seriously ill. People that maybe go through marriage or divorces. People that are fighting in the home all the time. It's an invitation to uh, disturb the soul. All right, Michael, I'll uh, stop you right there. We'll take a time out. Come back. Michael Freeze, a layperson with the Franciscan Order, the complete guide to demonology and spirits of darkness. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Michael Fries is with us. And uh, we are talking about uh, demonic possession. Michael, how do you think the, the whole alien abduction phenomena fits into this, or does it? I did have another type of class of people that are most prone to being attacked by the evil spirit. But All right. If you All want right. to wait on that, we can. No, 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 please proceed. Uh, just kind of wrapping that up, I, I had mentioned earlier, it's the young, vulnerable, um, um, not mature yet uh, in their faith or as human type of people, like teenagers and children who are vulnerable to attacks, and so are people that are not religious, haven't been baptized, and so forth. Those who are under... Uh, particular uh, crises in their life, whether it's an illness or divorce, or maybe they're uh, under an addiction, those kinds of things. But, you know, ironically, there's another type of person that we don't usually think would be under direct attack by the evil spirit, and that's the holiest of God's uh, chosen souls. That makes those, sense. Those servants of God, the, the Catholic Church calls saints, um, they are attacked a lot. If you look and read the lives of the saints, uh, a lot, relentlessly, by the evil spirit or his demons. Why is that if they're so close to God? Well, the theory behind that, according to, uh, well, Joseph Pius Martin, who was a friend of Padre Pio that I got to know and talk to, uh, said that Padre Pio was attacked every night, and he was beaten often, and he would hear voices and see uh, uh, visions of the devil. 
Uh, the devil hates anybody that gets very close to God, those that are holy and live uh, heroic uh, lives of virtue, because they're, they're so closely representing Christ. And, of course, the evil one hates Jesus Christ because he uh, died on the cross to uh, rid us of his um, influence of sin. Um, they hate people that are extremely holy, so they go and attack those people. It doesn't mean they're all going to be possessed, but they are attacked. And so that's something people have to be aware of. If you draw closer to God, you have to be on guard because the devil is always there, uh, like, you know, like a lion trying to devour its uh, prey. And that's another thing from Scripture. So one gets closer to God, you have to remain humble because the devil is still right there uh, behind the corner. Well, how about for you personally, Michael? Uh, I've no well, you know, times have come up where I've felt the evil presence. I think, thank God, I have not. Uh, had any like direct physical attacks uh, or any real direct verbal statements to me, but I, I felt the presence in, in ways that I know it's evil, and especially when I was doing all my work on my uh, all my books on demonology, I just tried to block it out. I prayed a lot. I just you know I've always had a, a crucifix at hand. I didn't uh, get paranoid about it, but uh, I could feel the presence. I could feel like a weight in the room. I could feel an eerie, eerie something watching me and hoping I wouldn't finish my work. I mean, the pressure was there all the time. And then when I was done, it let up, you know, so, but, you know, and then even now when I, when I um, do talks or if I promote my books or whatever, I sense that presence, that weight. And it's not visible, but I know it's there. It's kind of hard to describe. You just know, you can sense it. How about as we're talking now? Not really. Um, not now. I mean, I have had that happen. But I feel okay right now. The only reason I say that is because I, I believe that God gave me kind of an apostolate, a gift, a vocation to do what I'm doing. And as long as I try to main, remain steadfast and uh, not, uh, not succumb to this pressure um, and don't get, uh, you know, freaked out or afraid... Um, I've been lucky so far, you know, uh, thanks to God. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the pressure is even there now in a way that when we won't talk, uh, something's lifted off. So I think there is something opposing what I do uh, without being able to physically prove it, uh, you know, with tape recorders or having a witness seeing something flying around the room. But that doesn't matter. It can still be there. In a, in a silent, invisible, but very real, personal way. All right, let's take a call. Michael is in Thornhill tonight this morning. Michael, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Go ahead. Thank you, Richard. Hello, Michael. I'm My name is Michael. Hi, Michael. Hey. talk tonight. I'm wondering, your Jesuit uh, influence uh, is obviously more scientific because they are, right? Well, yes, they are, and I'm Franciscan. But yes, the Jesuits seem to have a, a particular uh, history, a track record of uh, studying these things and being involved with them. And there's a lot of Jesuit exorcists in different dioceses, probably because of their intellectual nature and their studies of mystical and moral theology, uh, spiritual theology. It's probably because that's sort of been their, their um, uh, expertise. Whereas like Franciscans, Dominicans, Others, others are Carmelites. 
Not to say uh, they aren't that way either, but they're more they're more into uh, uh, the simple life of uh, chastity, poverty, obedience, uh, humility, family, friendship, spreading the gospel. So it's just a difference of uh, of what their focus has been. Yesterday there was a major announcement by the U.S. government regarding UFO uh, detection. Oh, okay. Um, and I noticed that uh, a lot of the, the major new media has not mentioned it. And uh, I was wondering, because I've been studying social media, and, mm-hmm. and some people seem to think that it's a demonic thing. Do, do uh-huh. you have any that, well, that, 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 on that's, that? And, that's and where so we like, were going previously, Michael. Thank you for, for revisiting that. Yeah. Yes, the whole the, the UFO phenomena, the alien abduction phenomena, uh, where do you think that fits into demonology? You know, that's an interesting question. I don't have a, an exact answer for that either. I, I guess it's possible it could be something from, from uh, the demonic world that's uh, causing these manifestations. Maybe you might want to call them hallucinations, mental control, like the abduction kind of a thing. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a real strange topic. It, it really doesn't even seem to. Uh, they don't even really talk about the presence of evil or or evil thoughts necessarily when they talk about UFO sightings or abductions. Uh, so I don't know if there's a connection or not. You know, the Old Testament has a lot of alludes to a lot of references to flying objects seen in the sky. You know, Elijah and all these uh, prophets and so forth. And does that necessarily mean it's diabolical? Um, no, not really. So, in my opinion, I, I think that um, I'm of the belief there could there could be other lives in other uh, planets or uh, somewhere out in the solar system, the universe that we're not aware of. It's possible. I don't think God uh, said He hasn't created anything anywhere else. Um, so, I think it's always possible that that it could be real. The abduction thing to me is a little bit. I have a hard time buying that one. I, I just don't know if there's really been that much proof from anybody well, the that the U.S. government released footage of uh, an example, and of what, uh, not of an abduction, they, not of an abduction exactly. of, a, of a pilot uh, uh, footage of what appeared to be well, which was a, a, an unidentified flying object. But that's a long Correct. way from saying that there's proof of extraterrestrial life or that there's proof of alien abduction. Uh, well, Michael, you know, uh, my answer to that is maybe there is extraterrestrial life somewhere uh, under God's good design. Maybe He created that too. I don't well, even if we have really we don't have proof. I think it's possible God, what without it having to have anything to do with a sort of a diabolical origin. Okay, Michael and Thornhill, thank you for the call. I want to move on. Thank well, you very much. Richard. Thank you. William is in Toronto. William, good evening. Hi. So more of a biblical perspective. Uh, it says in the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, says, Behold, falling uh, from heaven, and uh, and he gives you power to tread on uh, scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you, no poison shall kill you. You've got the power to cast out the demons. Uh, 
by yourself. You bind them up, you loosen them from you, and you cast them out and you sentence them to the abyss or wherever God wants to do with them. It's as simple as that. And uh, it's all about good and evil. There's no extraterrestrials. It's it's all demons and shapeshifters and and things of the sort. And I'd like your guests to comment on what I've said. All right, William. He says, uh, Michael. It's his. Uh, you, I guess he's basically saying even a lay person can cast out demons. No, no Catholic rite of exorcism is is uh, necessary. Well, yes. Yeah, so see now. Uh Everybody has the right to do simple exorcisms by means of like what we call deliverance prayer, deliverance ministries, praying in the name of Jesus for protection, to uh, for the evil spirit to be to be gone, to command in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, and Jesus, that's very biblical. Jesus taught his followers to go out in my name and cast out demons and to heal and heal the sick and and so forth. Well, he did, but in a way, he was also commissioning. His apostles, when he said that, he, he, he more or less kind of limited that to those 12 disciples, at least what we know from the Gospels, to uh, his direct followers that he commissioned to be uh, under his authority. And then, of course, it's an argument with Catholics and non-Catholics whether, you know, Peter was the first, uh, you know, the, the first true apostle that led, you know, the rock of the Church, and then, and then there's all this apostolic succession over the centuries, that's kind of where the church basically has this rule of apostolic succession and authority to actually get involved with serious or formal cases of exorcism. But simple cases of demonic presence or, or uh, infiltration into a life or a home, we all have that ability and encouraged to do so, as a matter of fact. Unless it gets real dangerous, then one has to call on somebody with a higher authority under Christ. Because you we all, it. like St. Paul said, are given many different gifts of the Spirit. Not everybody has the same gift. And hence, that's another, uh, there's a theological basis behind that, too. Different gifts for different people uh, to uh, to fulfill God's plan and design. All right, William in Toronto, thank you for that. Michael, just about out of time. Quick question, then. Uh, we talked about the sort of the alien uh, question. What about what about hauntings, when people believe that their house is haunted by... Oh, getting a bit of a feedback there. Okay. Uh, oh, you're, you're uh, <laughs> drawing in something here, Richard. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, that's all right. I will say the Jesus prayer as we exit the studio. But uh, uh, hauntings, uh, do you believe that is demonic? Or are people, in fact seeing the spirits of uh, dead relatives. Well, now, again, another interesting uh, theory there, because so many, hundreds of thousands of people throughout history have claimed to have seen ghosts and departed, you know, loved ones that they recognize, or poltergeist kind of activity where they aren't necessarily saying it's demonic, but it's just a restless spirit, let's say, that's maybe trapped in this world and hasn't moved on. You know, we have all these theories about that. To me, um, I'd be really careful. I guess anything's possible, but if are there real hauntings by actual human spirits that are still trapped in a particular home or location? Oh, boy, I don't know. Uh, I lean towards saying no. I, I, I tend to think there may be something uh, demonic behind it because I believe that when we die... We do either go to heaven or hell or purgatory somewhere. We don't just get trapped uh, in our spiritual state here on earth. I, I just don't think that happens. I think that we go to God or 
somewhere outside of God. Michael, we'll have to leave it right there. We are sadly out of time. I'd love to have you back on. I hope you'll join me again. I hope so. Michael Fries, check out his uh, many, many books at Amazon. Michael Fries, F-R-E-Z-E, a layman with a Franciscan order, including The Complete Guide to Demonology and Demonology, the Devil and the Spirits of Darkness. Uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you to Albert. Thank you to Ian. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to everyone. Back next, well, no, we won't be back. A couple weeks, we'll be back with a live program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the house. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Merry Christmas. Good night.